Mr. Porter. Yes, sir. Timothy. Yes, sir. And we've got Mr. Patterson. Present. Present. All right. We are all back on. Thank you guys for coming on to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, and Ian had the most amazing analogy for that technical difficulty. Yeah, that's right. How many old school fellas out there, Mr. Brumble included, used to take an N64 or the regular Nintendo, and when it wasn't quite syncing up and you'd stick the cartridge in, you would pull it out and do what? Blow on it. <laughs> yep. Because I guess we're having a little bit of difficulty, but hey, voila, we are on. So I am uh, myself at our warehouse. I got a good buddy of mine named Kyle Brumble here. Um, we've got Mr. Cass doing his GTR. We're going to be coding it. And uh, you would never believe, DJ, who stopped in to help out. Not Kyle. <laughs> No, Kyle is purely just sitting there watching. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not Cody. Yes, Cody actually showed up. Cody Duvall showed up to do Cody a car. Cody Duvall Only showed up to Only because it's a GTR. Help. He came to help with the GTR. Can you believe that? You've got to be kidding me. I am totally kidding you. He Hell definitely froze over. He's Hell like, fuck you guys. Over. I am not working on that car. Hell froze uh, over. Pigs are All right, fine. so, Timothy. Do we call you Tim, Timothy, or which do you prefer? Hey, either one's fine, man. I go by Timothy, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Tim, Tim. Nice. So, Timothy, tell us who you are, what your company name is, how long you've been in business, all your, your good story. The good story, man. Well, I got a, I think it's a unique story, kind of unusual. Uh, I'm Timothy Hutto. I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, we're about an hour north of Myrtle Beach, right on the coast. And uh, the name of my business is Dangerous Curves Auto Detailing. And I got into detailing really in 2014, and uh, we opened our shop. It's an all-care uh, facility, and we opened up in May of uh, 2017, so we're not even a year old. And, wow. Uh, so, okay, oh, so wow. I, I apologize. I apologize. You got in in 2014. What made you decide to get into detailing? Uh, se several things. I do a lot of leadership training and development, which is uh, more people oriented. So uh, people don't you don't get a lot of results working with people. It, it can take years. And I'm highly result oriented, which I think a lot of detailers are. Uh, I've had several businesses prior to this one. And I did some research in our cities about we're about 250,000 people. And I did some research and I was working with some car shows, doing some cars for car shows. And there was just a big door of opportunity. Uh, all the detailers or the shops in the oh. area, they got very complacent. So after doing all my research, I decided it was a, it was an open door. And uh, I jumped on it and moved very fast into uh, the detailing. That's cool. So you, you literally jumped into a purely for business. Not, not like a lot of us as a passion or you know, no, what we fell I, into. Well, it's you passion. literally opened up uh, for I'm, a business. Uh, I would say that I'm uh, very, very highly attention to detail and uh, result-oriented. So doing stuff like that is, uh, is right down my line. I, it, never, it never was a struggle for me or anything. Uh, like I said, I have a detached garage at my house, and I was working on do, – I was doing some detailing and stuff on the side – and as that began to grow with some of the uh, car clubs, uh, it got too much for the, for the house. So then I went to some certifications because I wanted to know more about it. 
And then when I started looking at opening a shop, um, I did jump big in a standalone shop. I have a standalone shop. I have about 400,000 cars past my shop a week. Wow, that's awesome. So it's a total car care. We do paintless tent repair, sun tech, window tent, paint film protection. Uh, we do odor removal, windshield and glass repair. We have a lift we can do undercarriage, wash. Um, I, I, it's it's really got some other things we're working on that we'll believe by probably by the end of 2018, we'll be doing audio installation, truck accessories, and uh, some other installations. Oh, nice. That's awesome. And what got you into going that far into it? It's just my personality. If I'm, if I'm in, I'm all in. You know, I, um, when I looked at the detail community in my area, uh, I think the thing that probably disturbed me a little bit was there's no standard. Uh, it's kind of like some profession. There's just, you know, there's just no, no certificate. Most people are not certified. They're self-taught. Uh, you know, you know, they're car wash. They peep, they know how to wash a car, but they don't know how to detail. Uh, getting into paint correction, coatings, wet sanding. So, uh, you know, all my staff has, uh, they're all certified from 3M certification, G-Technique accredited, uh, Roops paint correction. Uh, it's, it's really building a standard in detailing. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, that's, so you, you, you definitely jumped full blown into, so that's, that's pretty badass. So yeah, we're doing probably, I don't know. We average three coatings a week right now. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, we'd, uh, it, we're really, I mean, we, even in the winter, uh, we never, we never slacked. Uh, we, we have been booked. Uh, we're, we're probably booked two weeks out. And this is our first spring that we're coming into. But I mean, uh, I put all my, uh, my staff is, you know, either certified, they, they're certified national board, uh, certified in, in stain removal and stuff like that. So everything we do, we, we get, get my staff certified in so that we have a level of standard and uh, credibility that what, what we do, people know that uh, we can do it. Cool, man. That's, that's awesome. Hey, so uh, let's go into, I know, Timothy, you said you don't drink beer, right? I'm drinking a Joker tonight, a Mad Energy drink. I wanted, to, I, I had to have something to go along with you guys. <laughs> nice. We ourselves are drinking a beautiful pecan. What is it? A Southern pecan <clears throat> nut brown ale. Now, Ian picked this out the other day at the liquor store. I know why now. The name. Yep, I like brown nuts. Oh my gosh! Wow. We're gonna edit that out. That was I'm, I'm uncomfortable. No editing that out. <laughs> nope. Just so everybody clarifies, Ian likes brown nuts. Wow. <laughs> brown salted nuts. How many beers have you already had, Mister Porter? A half of one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what else have you been consuming? All right, so. Ian, what is it about this? Why'd you pick it out? Honestly, I picked it out because I was damn surprised that uh, that they had it. I didn't expect, uh, you know, not that I've looked for it specifically, but I've never seen it in other liquor stores, so it was kind of shocking that it had it. Uh, it was, it's a southern beer. It's from Mississippi. The brewery's right on Pearl River. And uh, the last time I actually drank this beer was about eight years ago. I worked with a guy. 
this is back when I was in oil and gas. I worked with a guy who lives in Mississippi who would brag about this beer and whatnot. And one day uh, before crew change, we went and got some. And I, just, I don't know. It was, it was a good beer. And I was, you know, like I said, I was just shocked that they had it. So I figured, what the hell? Okay. But it's a good choice, definitely. Yeah, like no, it. it's, I, I forgot how good it is. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> it is good, man. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, you know. Timothy, so we kind of talked a little bit earlier, and I um, wanted to go over a couple things that you're very passionate about, which we also are passionate. But as we get into that, you guys have to bear with me. We are going to start coding this GTR. So uh, we got three guys oh, inside right. the shop with me. And I'm going to be doing the first wipe. Uh, if Kyle will get over here, he can do the second wipe. So I will be applying the product. You will just simply nice and easy when we tell you to kind of wipe over it. Cass will go forth because you can be the anal one to make sure you get everything removed. Cass likes anal and <laughs> Ian likes brown nuts. So, yep. I mean, you guys are pretty close. That's why Cass and I are such good friends. That's why you and Cass are very good friends. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, we're all very passionate. I know DJ is. Ian is also uh, about the culture of detailing and raising the culture. Here locally in Tulsa and in Oklahoma, we have a little saying that is, as the tide rises, so do all the ships. Like, we literally try to increase the quality, increase the education, increase everything about detailing so that um, everybody else can rise up with it. Uh, what is your view? Because, you know, we wanted to talk to you. You're also passionate about that. Um, what is it about building the culture of an industry? Um, and what is, what is one practical thing that we can each recommend to help detailers grow their business profits through customer service, because that ultimately is what will help grow uh, an industry. Uh, what, what I've come to find what's working for me, uh, one, which I think you guys, I've heard some of the other podcasts, I think certifications and credentials and accreditations are important. I mean, that, that puts confidence in your detailers and it puts confidence in the, in the customers that are buying the service. But for me, the, I think the second thing that comes with profit that I think a lot of times even business, not just detail shops, but business miss is they focus so much on their product uh, and they push their product so hard. And I believe that the number one thing is customer service. Uh, customer service is essential. It, it takes eight times more uh, money spent to get a new customer than it does to retain a customer. So customer service to me is absolutely the number one thing. It's even more important than the product. Uh, I'm passionate about the product, but I am passionate about customer service. That, that customer uh, has an experience in the detail shop, and the customer service is not a department. Everyone on the team uh, is responsible for professional and high-end customer service. Okay. So what's a practical way of doing that? For us, we have a... a for our shop, we have about a 3,000 uh, square foot shop. We have a detached garage. It has a lift in it. And then we have a bay where we do our coatings and, and everything. And we have a wash bay outside. So we, we have uh, delegated about 
probably 800, 900 square feet just to a customer service lounge. It's very high-end, professional, uh, free complimentary drinks, snacks, coffee, Wi-Fi. Uh, oh, my. Professional. Uh, I mean, we have jazz music <clears throat> playing, but it, it is just it is just very high-end. And then when our customers come in, when they enter in, they are totally center of attention. When they pick up their car, there's a red carpet that goes to their car. Tuxedo gloves opens their doors. They wow, don't seriously? touch the doors or anything. Now that's a customer that's experience, right there, that man. So, that's, so that's not that's service. badass. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a customer experience. experience. That's yeah, we have experience. we have a uh, red. The cars pulled up. It, it goes. We have an initial inspection to make sure we know everything that's on that car that's wrong with it. We and then when it's done, it goes to a final inspection and then it's pulled up, and uh, the car is left running. It is uh, there's red carpet and then the doors are opened going in and out of the facility and for the door being open for the car. We take their picture with them standing by the car, uh, which they always go to social media and take, uh, you know, look at their pictures or whatever. And uh, we send a lot of social media ads to them when their car is ready, thanking them for coming. It's just a very, very strong, loyal. Uh, we probably have a 98 percent retention. Yeah, I would imagine if I went to a place and they rolled the red carpet out for me. I mean, Ian does give away a bag of nuts, but... <laughs> hey, that'll work. <laughs> so, uh, Ian, what is some... You do do some unique things for your shop, too. What are some things that you do that is unique for customer experience? Uh, I mean, one of the things, I guess, unique specifically to me is my little... Uh, goodie bag i guess you can call it whatever the hell you want to call it it's just something that i i made it recently actually i made a change because i feel it's more impactful i used to put them in the car but now i make it a point to directly hand them to the client uh but the goodie bag's nothing honestly you know real crazy it's just got a few business cards a few pins uh i have a, a handwritten thank you note in there and then Maybe some uh, marketing material for other services or whatever, but it uh, it also includes you know little bags of candy or whatever. But I just find some I find it that it helps. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, but I think more importantly though is just actually giving a shit about your your clients and caring and not looking at them as just a paycheck because right. if you count if you concentrate on the dollar value you're going to lose sight of, you know, what's important. And that's actually caring and trying to fix a problem that they have. And, you know, if instead of concentrating on, you know, not so much concentrating on the dollar amount, but if you just look at it is if you provide that stellar customer service, you know, and provide a good product, you, it's unquantifiable, I guess is the word, how many friends that they have, or, you know, how big their network is. So, how many friends they have, how many people they can influence and how much money the, each one of those people could spend with you. So it's, you know, it goes beyond just that person that's in front of you. It, you have no idea who you're talking to at all times and how big their network is. Yeah, that's true. Amen to that. That's so true. So DJ, what are some things you guys do? Uh, for our clients or just kind of building profits when, within the business? Cause... No, no, no. Well, we were just talking about the, uh, customer, the customer experience. customer experience in itself, yeah. So, um, I mean, as far as when the uh, – we always like to explain what we're doing, like, initially. I mean, you always want to 
uh, make the customer aware of you know what it is you're doing over communicate service and price and so forth and um, point out any kind of problem areas in, at first when we get there um, when we're done we always address those problem areas first because usually when someone calls there's a, a main concern if you can get that main concern taken away taken care of they're you know they're ecstatic so um, we do that and then afterwards you know we may leave a, a handwritten note in the vehicle for the client um, we're really eco-friendly, so we we use it. We leave a reusable bag in there for them, like a grocery bag, um, with our logo on it, of course. And um, yeah, we just do a lot of follow-up after the detail. That you know, the day after we'll call and follow up, make sure everything was you know was great. And um, that's how we that's our experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, so Tim, so why red carpet? Like, what made you do that? And and the whole the whole ensemble of everything you do. The red carpet was just, it was just something that, uh, you know, you, you see that on a lot of the award shows and everything. It's the red carpet is for uh, privileged people. So it just gives them, I, I, I would honestly say that six or seven out of 10 people uh, have told me just the red carpet uh, sold them on coming back. It, really? just, it's just small things, uh, you know, you wouldn't think of. That that really touches uh, home with people, and uh, you know, knowing that that someone takes time out for them, it really matters to the customer. Uh, some of the detailers that work for me, they were you know in the beginning, they were like, "Oh, that's kind of you know corny or or stupid," but it has proven and uh, that it really is effective and it works. Sounds like it. Sounds like it definitely. Ian, uh, what are you thinking of this beer? Because I hear you chugging it back there. <laughs> Man, no, I like it. Like, I mean, I just, I think it's real. <laughs> we can tell you like it. <laughs> well, yeah, hell, I went through the first one like it was nothing. But, man, I don't know. I just like it. It's smooth. It's not, uh, oh, no, it's not overbearing. It's just smooth beer. So what, uh, when you taste it, what do you taste? Salty brown nuts salty brown nuts man. <laughs> uh no man it's uh it almost reminds me of like a lager to a point uh and i do taste the pecans a little bit but not as much as not much think. right yeah not as much as you would think yeah but uh you could definitely taste the brown ale aspect but yes, yeah for you, sure, the, for sure i was really looking for a a good pecan flavor and it's yeah just like a, there. yeah definitely a nutty flavor but no it's uh it's not there as much as you'd like, for sure. DJ, what do you think? What do you got? Um, I mean, I can't really put a – it's not my favorite. I'm not a big nut fan in general, so I can taste it. So that's a, a very uh, biased opinion. Ooh, that is biased. Very biased. I really took you for liking nuts. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't like nuts at all. You don't like, really? You don't, you don't like you just like a little nuts. bit? No, no, not really. Not at all. Nope. Man, that's a shame. Hey, so Tim, you said what are you drinking? What do you got? I'm drinking a Joker, man. What is that? It it is a uh I guess it's a dirty south uh energy drink, man. Nice. It's got a little little bit of a berry taste to it. Hell yeah. It it'll work. Yeah, it'll work. It'll I give job, I though. give it I give it a five. <laughs> Damn, he ran it early. Wow, yeah, he, he jumped ahead, didn't he? <laughs> All right, so one of the things I know you talked about, Tim, um, but before we get into that, you mentioned you were into some other businesses. So what have you done before that that gives you 
all these ideas of what you're doing now in the detail world? Uh, I did for about 15 years. I've done uh, leadership development, working with uh, organizations and companies. What does that mean? I I hear that all the time, but I don't know what, what, like, give me some specifics. Like, what is that? Leadership training and development. It is going in. I do seminars, do uh, days or a day or a weekend where we go in. And we we learn about leadership, but then we how do how is this pra- uh, pragmatic? How do we put it into daily uh, operations and execute it? What leaders do? How you do conflict resolution? How you build a team? Uh, ways to build a team? Uh, just really role playing and really working. I, I've done a lot with the border and customs and uh, law enforcement. Uh, different organizations that just want to build, uh, raise the morale in their organization, because uh, you know it, those things just do not happen. It takes it takes the uh, top leadership. It always works its way down, and uh, without leadership, there's no influence. The key thing about leadership is uh, everything rises and falls on leadership because it's about influence. So it's going in and training people how a leader conducts themselves how they're to uh handle situations um how they how they respond to people and things so it's really a a one-on-one or even small group that we train in that cool so then as you moved into detailing and opening up a business what are some practical things that uh we can do as detailers if we're trying to build a detail team what are some things that we can do to to help that well, here's a little process that I use for our shop uh, that, that I created probably about six years ago. And uh, it's, it's four things uh, that I think it, with, with whether it's coatings or methodology in detail, it'll work in it. Uh, four things I always ask myself or we ask our team before we do something or if we plan something out. Is this efficient? Is what we're doing efficient? Because sometimes you, you can keep doing something and it's no longer efficient. And today's solution will be tomorrow's problem. So you can get stuck in doing it the same way. So we constantly ask ourselves, is this efficient? Is this effective? Is this scalable? Is this going to move with us as we grow? And the fourth thing is, is this airtight? Okay, so like literally talking about it, Let's say you walk into somebody's shop, and it, like, what are some very specific things that you're talking about? Well, in the methodology of how you do stuff, you know, how you do something, is this the most efficient way we can do this? Okay, so uh, what would be it, some ways that somebody could be more efficient? Uh, that would be depend on what they're doing, and uh, I mean, with coatings, you know, there's a dwell time and all that, so there, you know, you can't cut corners on that. But it's, you know, it's having all your stuff organized where you're not walking all around every two minutes going and grabbing something off a shelf or another room. Having everything right there that as you move around the car, if you're dealing with the coating, that everything's right there in hand's reach. So it's more efficient. Is it, you know, having your humidity and everything right? Is everything effective? Is this going to give us the most effective product that we can produce? If not, what can we do to make this the absolute <laughs> best? And then is it scalable? Are we going to be able, we can do this the, the, way we, the way we're doing it now, we can do one car like this. But if we got three cars, 
is this is this method that we're doing scalable where we could do two or three cars in one night? Okay. So how scalable is my methodology? And then the the last one is airtight. You know, it could, you know we can think it's efficient, effective, but do we have do we have holes in what we're doing that we're having to go back and fix things at the end of the night because it's not airtight? So what are some of those things that need to be fixed? In in what area? I mean, I just I don't know. I, I'm just I think I like, that would I like to get super practical. So, like when you when you see this in somebody's shop, or this like, what are some of the things that really stand out that need to get airtight? I think that would really depend on it. it those four things will work in any shop or anything, but I think that would depend on what your standard is in your shop and what you're trying and what you're trying to do. I don't think there's a way I'm not sure that I could come up with a way to tell someone what they could do to be more efficient without looking at how your process is. How are you doing it? And then you could really break it down and look for ways to make that more efficient or effective. But just saying you could do this, not knowing how a shop is set up, how it's how it's functioning. I don't know if you could come up with a plan uh, without actually being involved in that process. Okay, so not a cookie cutter, like a very specific, like you would. No, I think it applies to every shop, every, you know, whether you're time conscious, whether you're trying to do it in a certain amount of time. uh, I think that that process is what each each, uh, shop or organization would have to take those four points and evaluate what they're doing. Uh, Even with our customer service, uh, the way we check out and do things, is this the most effective way we can check out a customer? Is our paperwork, are we efficient, effective, and is this scalable? We can do three customers in 15 minutes this way, but could we do 10? So we would have to change up stuff to make it more effective and efficient and scalable. So you just have to take those four points. They'll work in, they'll work in any business or any uh, methodology if you apply them. That's cool, man. That's, that's some really great info. That's what we really like. What we try to do is try to give people some solid information. So, um, but let me, let me say this. I want to just add this to it because I think, I think for me, and I'm just sharing on, on my end and everybody works their shop different. I think our hiring process of how we bring people on, on staff, because you said a key word while ago, you said, how does, how do we create a detailed culture? And a culture is, uh, it's kind of like a climate, like I could go to Florida and get some of the best citrus seeds, but they will not grow in Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Oh, you, don't grow, you don't grow oranges in Oklahoma. Come on, bro. Yeah, you can have good seeds, but you can't get oranges. So it's, it's not that the seeds aren't any good. It's the culture cannot grow the seeds. So for me, I'm looking at for my shop, what type of culture do I want? And if I'm going to raise the standard in detailing, I want a constant culture because to be able to continually produce oranges, the, cult, the culture has to be the same. It can't go up and down. So for my hiring process, you know, I don't look for competency first. I look for character. Um, is this right. person trustworthy? Let's, let's pause. I love that. So how do you look for it? Like when you're I, I, interviewing I somebody, how do, how do you – well, what questions do you ask? Like how do you look for that? Uh, the questions, I, you know, I just ask to find out, you know, who they are, what they do. I, I pose questions of how they would handle situations, how they would handle a, cut, a reaction to a customer. Um, uh, I ask them, here's a question I ask, 
when you do a job, do you do a job and do you stop when you're satisfied? Does it is, is the when you do a car or do you detail a car, when you're done with that car, are you satisfied? And if a person, if that detailer to me says, hey, I'm satisfied with it, it's never about really whether you're satisfied because it's about whether the customer will be satisfied. Right. Uh, I, the customer, because if I'm saying I can stop because satisfaction, maybe I put two hours in this, I'm satisfied. But if the customer's not going to be satisfied, then you got to go back. You go have a customer that's not happy and you're going to have to go back and fix that. So my question is, is the customer going to be satisfied with the work that I have produced? So asking questions to the individual, uh, how they get along with others, you know, what's important to them, uh, how they, you know, what does trust mean to them? What does a team mean to them? Uh, different questions will bring out uh, their passion and their character. So uh, the reason that the, the competency is not important to me at the beginning stage is because anything that is a skill is learnable. You can teach a skill. You yeah, can't teach character. You either got it or you don't have it. And DJ, what uh, are some, oh, I apologize. I thought you were done. No, no, go ahead. So character's yeah. number one. The second thing is chemistry. Are you a fit? You could be a great person and be excellent in detailing or paint correction or coding. But sometimes there's just not a fit. You know, there's just there's not chemistry. So there has to be chemistry between the people. We don't have to be the same, but we have to be able uh, to get along and, you know, not have days that you can't talk to one another because you're in a bad mood. So character's number one to me. Number two, is there a chemistry in the team? Do you fit with this team? And number three is competency. We can teach that if you're teachable or we can get you uh, certified. Nice. I like it. DJ, so you do an extraneous interview process also. Do you share some of those same questions or what are some questions you ask? Um, so uh, we do it in several different parts. Um, Aisha, my wife will do the first interview and just really get a feel for if the person, you know, is, you know, can they speak, you know, properly? Or, I mean, just really get that general feel for them, you know, until they, so that when they sit in front of me, it's not a waste of time in a sense. Um, so, you know, I like to ask my questions. I'm not really sure exactly what she asks, but my, my questions are more like, I want to make sure that, you know, our pay aligns with their, you know, expenses. So I, I say, hey, you know what our hourly wage is? Is this going to, you know, be able to meet and maybe exceed a little bit over your expenses so that you're comfortable working here? Because, you know, someone's working in your business and, you, you know, you might have the greatest business in the world. But if, you know, what you're paying them doesn't meet their needs, they're always going to be their mind's not going to be dedicated on that job all the time. So that's really important for me to know that they can actually support their family with what we pay them. That's really important to me, actually. So, um, you know, we do a lot of um, personality tests, too. So we'll do like Myers-Briggs and stuff like that to get their, um, you know, what their personality type is. That way we know how to communicate to them better. Um, we also do um, the top five strengths, uh, the uh, String Finders 2.0. I'm sure you guys have heard of that one, mm -hmm. but it pulls, their it pulls their top five strengths. That way we know what their strengths are. We can actually use them within our company. So, our um, turnover rate has decreased dramatically ever since we tried this new hiring process because they have to go through so many different things uh, and you really know who you're hiring by the, you know, the fourth or fifth interview, you're, you know, you've made a solid decision whether they're going to be great or not. And it saves you a crap ton of money um, in the long end with, with turnover. 
Yeah, that's cool. So let me ask you, I'm going to go a little bit different, uh, guys. So we've talked about the hiring. What about the firing? How soon do you fire? When do you go, man, I should really just, this guy's just not working. He's not in our culture. He's messing up. Like, how how quickly do you, you jump on that? Or do you give a lot of chances? What are you guys' thoughts? Um, you know, some people, some people will have, you know, the um, first 90 day probationary period so that you're kind of, because some business owners are afraid of, you know, workers comp. So let's just say you fired someone, you know, are they going to go file unemployment or not workers comp? unemployment are they gonna go file unemployment on you so there's that fear there so some may want to do a one two three write-up and then go ahead and fire so you have proper documentation but some may want to get them out of your culture immediately um so let's say don't mess up the culture of the company and you know you just save some time just by getting rid of them up front so there's just two different ways to go about it uh Cass who uh has run a detail shop at a dealership where he had what 13 guys 14 guys underneath him. He had a quote. What did you just say? He didn't coach him up or he coached him out. Sorry, he's walking away, and so I couldn't quite hear him. Either you coach him up or you coach him out. Either you coach him up or you coach him out. Please explain. Well, I mean, basically, you have to sit down. you got to figure out the training path. Have you done everything that you possibly can and taking care of the employee? Um, you also have to lead by example. So it's one of those deals. You give them a few different options. Um, you help them out with whatever you can, and if they're not following that training path, then at that time, time to let them go. Hey, so I'm curious, how are you still friends with Ian after that whole conversation <laughs> you had with him? Because I was his best goddamn employee. That's why. <laughs> Ian was actually a stellar individual. He was a stellar individual. And uh, you know, he, he did a lot of the coaching. He was he was an excellent employee. He did the coaching. He did. He Ian did coaching. He said, "Motherfuckers." He said, "Motherfuckers, fix your shit." Mm-hmm. We know he did. Oh yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Timothy? When do you when do you know it's time to fire? What's your process? Uh, my my little uh, mantra is uh, hire slow and fire fast. Um, it, it's you kind of know if they're we do it we do a ninety day probation kind of watching that first week when we decide to hire. We really work with them with training, and uh, we have a training, a regimented training. Even they sign off when they're trained. Uh, I have a five-step that I do. You watch me as I do it. Uh, Let's do it together. You show me you can do it. Now go do it. And the fifth one is go show someone else how to do it. So uh, it's really hands-on that first week uh, to some degree. I mean, not with a – with some detailing, but it's really hands-on the way we want it done in the shop, the way our, our expectations are, how we want things to be. And um, within the first week, you kind of get a feel whether they're, they're a fit or not, at least. I mean, some people I've had to let go very early. Uh, others, you know, it's taken me a little while longer of just working with them. But if they're not a fit and, uh, you know, they're, I let them go for even not being a fit. They can have the competency and the skill, but if they're not a fit, um, the other detailers, you know, it, it, you lose that team, uh, that team concept. Uh, it's kind of like a, a hole in a ball. It's just a slow leak with the team. So it's, it's, it's the character, the chemistry and the competency. Uh, and, uh, you know, where it's, I want an encouraging place. I want a place. I like bantering and having fun, but, uh, you know, just, you know, just, constant griping or complaining and 
you know, always a victim or something. I'm not into, into all that stuff. It's, I, so I, really how many, want, I want a professional world-class team. How many team, how many team members do you guys have? We have four. Cool. Awesome. That's awesome. And how many, what do you guys per week, what, you know, on basis, how many cars do you guys run through? Oh, I imagine, like I said, we're doing two to three coatings a week. And uh, then we do uh, probably we can average two or three window tents a week. And then we have the paintless tent repair. Uh, so I imagine, I imagine we probably push 20, 30 cars a week. That's awesome. All right. So let's ask the guy that has no employees, Mr. Porter. <laughs> when do you think as a shop like hearing all these guys talk about building a culture and interview process but like what what does that make you think does that make you like okay i should really look into maybe getting somebody or does that make you anxious and you're like fuck i'm glad i'm by myself <laughs> no it's actually the opposite opposite it's um i'm actually really anxious to hire my first employee uh because I mean, it, everything that they said is is important, and everything they said I've experienced as an employee working for other companies. I mean, I've been in shitty workplaces where bosses didn't give a shit, and you're just a guy there to perform work, you know. And I, part of the reason why I don't really want to, I mean, it's part. Excuse me, that's one of the main reasons why I don't want to go back to that lifestyle, and that's why I'm in doing my business, you know, my way, because I want to be able to eventually hire some guys and just have fun and get people paid and just build a good culture where we take care of, you know, the people that come through our doors and it's just like a big family. Nice. So you think that's next week or? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting on a couple of things before I, I break off into that. Okay. 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 Well, we, we tried to get an exclusive here on the podcast for, we tried how, how, how Redbeard's doing at a shop because you've been growing, man. You've been getting a lot of cars coming through. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. All right, so it's time to rate the beer. It's nutty, and that's what you like about it, right? Yeah. All right, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go four. Well, is that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I guess it's funny. Four brown nuts. Is that why it's funny? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no. No. Hmm. No, I'm gonna go four, man. I think it's a smooth beer. I could definitely drink it, uh, you know, cons- on a consistent basis. So, uh, yeah, really? four. Yeah. No, I mean, I like it. It's just it's a smooth, uh, smooth ale, man. Uh, I I can't remember the last brown ale I had though. To compare to the... Were you on when? Uh, I'm pretty sure we had one, yeah. Sonax, or were you not on for that one? No, he wasn't on for that one. He wasn't on for that one. Yeah, we had that uh, Sam Smith's. Now, that, that was, was brand that was amazing. That puts this oh. to shame. Damn. Okay. That's why I'm gonna go two. It's a very oh. it's yeah. A very, I was right. That's why yeah, I chuckled at first. It's a non-memorable beer. I would probably not ever drink it again unless. Somebody requested it for the podcast. Marty, if it tells you how much I like this beer, no, seriously, I'm on like one and a half out of the two you gave me since we started the podcast. Oh, you're further along than I am. I, oh, I am I? You've been working, some... though. I've been sitting here staring at it. 
That's true. We have coated the entire vehicle. We are now uh, started the door jams, and uh, I'm doing the back trunk lid right now. Thanks for the update, Marty. Hey, you're yeah, welcome. Like we we were dying to know like where you were, you were on the coat. We really were. Like I was sitting on the edge of my. I was shaking. Yeah, dude. My, all my nails are gone. I've been biting them. The whole time. <laughs> and, and, and and that's why I just I needed to get it out so I could relieve your anxiety. Like, dude, you know, I appreciate it. it took you long right, enough. Bro. Now I can Jeez. sleep. Now I can sleep. Oh, really? Now? You can yep. sleep now? Yep. Uh, definitely not from drinking that beer. You can't. <laughs> Leave my lazy magnolia alone. Yeah. I was really look. I think the reason why I give it a two, it's 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 not a horrible beer. The I was super excited. Like, let's say we go watch this movie on Friday and it blows. Like, we're so looking forward to what are we seeing? Pacific, Pacific Rim. And it's not gonna suck, man. It's it be better good. not suck. But it's like a. It's movie not going that, to. You know that like you've got a movie that you're super excited about and then it's just like blah. Oh man, all the like, time. That's <laughs> the way this beer is for me. Are you guys already so arguing? Excited. You're not on your date yet. Southern hey, pecan. Don't be jealous. I was super excited, <laughs> and it's just kind of blah. Like it's there's just it, I just literally wouldn't drink it. No, I get it. I, I get it. I think I'm gonna pour mine out. <laughs> that would be a first. If you pour your beer out, that would be a first on the podcast. All right, I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, well, I don't think you can. That, that would we be just an insult. Got our exclusive. <laughs> you got your exclusive. <laughs> nice. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That was, you you killed it with a lot of great information. Uh, yep. I know there'll okay. be people asking and wanting to know where to find you. Uh, to I think I think a next business move for you would definitely would be as a consultant as you keep growing yours then you start going into consulting with all that information how you can go into a detailer like a detail shop or a dealership right. even better and go in and really ramp up their game how they can be more efficient how they can grow um that, there's a lot of dealerships that would benefit greatly from your expertise and your wisdom I appreciate that. Thanks for the opportunity to do a podcast with you guys. And and Marty, I want to say, uh, ever since I, I contacted you, your approachability has been really awesome. Uh, you turned me on to the CC105 and the Anya and using those th- those uh, coatings. But uh, you've been you've been very uh, approachable and uh, personable, and I really appreciate that. That 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 means a lot. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, I mean- great. Now we have to deal with his big head. Thanks. Yeah, good job, man. <laughs> I was going to say it's all because of Ian, but now, fuck you, I'm going to say it's all because of DJ. Whoa. <laughs> all Whoa. credit goes to DJ now for that. He I needs it for self-confidence anyway. Yeah. I definitely don't need self-confidence. I got plenty of that. Thanks, Ian. Uh, but no, no Timothy, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, that does mean a lot because, you know, we're out here in the great state of Oklahoma. And you're way over there. That's the beauty of technology. Uh, but where do people find you? They want to hit you up with some questions. What's Absolutely. Instagram and all that. Instagram is Dangerous Curves Auto Detailing. Uh, Facebook, Dangerous Curves Auto Detailing. And our website is uh, www.dangeruscurvesdetailing.com. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Mr. Porter, what's your uh, handle? Instagram, Facebook, uh, Red Beards Detail Shop. Red Beards Detail Shop. Who likes the brown nuts? Yep. DJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's at EcoGreenMD or at DJ Patterson on Instagram or Facebook. 
That's awesome. So, hey. It is uh, awesome. Ours is uh, Total Auto Solutions, Instagram or Facebook. And uh, But definitely go hit up Timothy because I think uh, definitely he's got a lot of information more to share. And uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime, Timothy, to get an update on how your shop continues to grow. I think that'd be awesome. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Yep. You're welcome. Hey, you guys have a great night. I appreciate you. Hey, make a great day. I will. I will do my best. Hey, Ian, guess what? What? Cass said he loves you, and he's so glad that you're doing so well. Yeah, I know he loves me. And we're done. We're done with the car, done with the podcast. Boom. 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 Thanks, guys. See ya.